Hey, you. What up? This is DJ Dorsey. This is Maya Dorsey. And this is another episode of the Dorsey Den Podcast. As you already know, come on in. Sit come your buzz in. down. Let's have some dialogue. Now, today, th- this one is a little bit more of a fun subject. Um, and we're just going to jump right into it because we was watching the NWA, um, not NWA, but the, new the new edition story. And this past I, weekend. Yeah, I just happened to come in at the end, and it was the, like the the blow up. You know, the the final. I think part two or part three. Something no, it like was that. the last episode. Oh, part three. Yeah, yeah, so it was it was the last episode, and it was the big concert. Yep. And I was sitting up there. But you know what? That's going to be like my American dream, the Jackson story. I'm not going to be able to get tired of watching it. The new edition story. Mm-hmm. Like no matter what part I come in on, I can just watch it. It was oh, that yeah. good. Yeah, like coming to America. Absolutely. Or five heartbeats, or that's one of the movies where no matter Classic. what you're doing, no matter what you're doing, you're gonna stop and watch it. Oh yeah. <clears throat> but um, we was watching that the other day, and I was thinking to myself, self. I, there's two movies that came out within the past eh, two years, three years. That new edition story being one, mm-hmm. and um, and uh, the NWA story, the NWA movie. Yep. Straight out of Compton. Now about three years. Uh, when did it come? Yeah, yeah, it came out seventeen. I don't remember what year it came out. Uh, sixteen or seventeen. Mm-hmm. New uh, the NWA. Now me, I grew up listening to NWA. That was my first. Easy E was my first favorite rapper, mm-hmm. and then obviously NWA was like my first favorite rap group of all times. And then I grew up. Knowing about New Edition, but I didn't own none of their music. Right. Like, NWA, I was running to the store to get. Well, how did I get it? I was too young to get it, but I remember having they, all their music. Mm-hmm. And then New Edition was just, you know, I seen Candy Girl and uh, Mr. Th- the videos. I seen all the videos. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh, I like this group, but I wasn't like no huge fan of them. Now how old were you? In this, in this era. Th- this era, well, NWA, NWA, NWA came out in like 86, 87. Yeah. And I fell in love with them probably my eighth grade year. So you were about 12, 13. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I kind of came in. They was already existing. I came in and kind of had to go back. Because I remember the first song that I heard by Easy e was um, um, We Love Easy. Um, I can't even think of the name of it. Um, but it was him, Ice Cube, Dre, MC Ren, all on the stage. He had got locked up. Like, mm-hmm. he was running from the police in a video. And I was just like, yo, who is this guy? So I got automatically fell in love with Easy e And then, you know, N.W.A. was all around him. So N.W.A. was, the the like, my first favorite rap group. Um, household. It was called, you know... My nope, mom, nope. see, here's the thing. And I mean, I'm talking strict Pentecostal. I ain't trying to be funny. But yeah, no, no, no. For no. real. You know what? My mom really didn't limit she didn't me. have from, a clue or something. No, she she knew what I was listening to. Maybe she didn't know the content, but Mm-mm. I, that's a good thing. That's a good question. I mean, I never really. If mom, she gets left here, we should have had mom come on this podcast so she can say what she knew. Because you talking about she knew. No, sir. No, I, I remember. No, she no, knew. she knew because she didn't I remember know no content. She didn't brother. know the content. She mm-hmm. definitely didn't know the content, but she knew I wouldn't listen to no gospel music. Because I remember one time she took all my music because I got on punishment. She took all my music. Yeah, but she ain't listen to it because no, she, she wanted to give it back. It. Okay. No, I think she knew what I was listening to because Janae used to blast the music. We gonna ask. Yeah, we gonna ask. I don't. That's a good question. Like, I, but she knew it wasn't Christian, but. I don't think she knew what NWA was about, though. Exactly. I don't know. I really don't know because, you know, I did grow up in a very strict Pentecostal apostolic family. Well, not my dad, but my mom. <laughs> you know, but the household was still, you know. Very much. Very much strict. I, You know what? I didn't really. I went to the movies. See, the type of church that we went to. You couldn't, women couldn't wear makeup, couldn't wear dresses, men couldn't have long hair, couldn't wear earrings, yeah. uh, no jewelry, couldn't go to the movie, couldn't go anywhere where there were sinners. Mm-hmm. 
I remember I used to ask myself, so why do y'all go to work? Like, who works there? <laughs> or do all y'all work in the church? But that's not, that's, <clears throat> excuse me, that's not the point here. Um, but, you know. Hello? Hold on. Okay. I had to pause for a second because I didn't think this was recording. I was looking at it like it looked like it was flatlining, like it wasn't picking up no audio, but it is. Okay. Software. We back. But y'all probably don't realize that we was gone. But, um, yeah, so we, you know, growing up, I don't think my mom really realized what, exactly what I was listening to. However, you know, the the point is my first favorite rap group was N.W.A. But when it comes to the movies between Straight Outta Compton and the New Edition story, I think New Edition story is probably the better one. And I love Straight Outta Compton. Mm-hmm. But I think New Edition story was... I think it was better than Straight Outta Compton, and here's why. I feel that the New Edition story did right production-wise, and it was a good movie. It was a good. It was a good mini series. Yeah, mini or docu series. Docu series. It was a good docu series, three part docu series that I felt like out of all the members of the of the group, it kind of gave a little bit about each one of them Mm -hmm. and how BBD came about, like. Everybody, I'll be, I'll be thinking people be fronting, but maybe I just didn't know. I didn't realize until I seen that movie that Michael Bivens was the one who discovered Boys to Men. I didn't know that either. I didn't and know I that until I seen the movie. Boys to Men, and I never knew that. All I knew about, I knew about ABC, Another Bad Creation, um, you know, Aisha, and At the Playground, and all that. Like I knew about them, but I did not know that they discovered. He discovered. Yeah, he discovered boys to uh boys to men. Right. Until I seen the movie, I was like, oh snap. Yeah. Um, like I didn't know that. So it was it was just, and then it was certain things in, in, in straight out of Compton, I was like, you know, that we heard about that you finally seen it was like, hmm. But there was so much other speculations, like, no, nah, that ain't true. That came out after the movie came out, people was like, you know, denying certain things happened and yada yada yada. Because number one, Easy E is not alive to be able to tell his story. And I think that makes a difference, too. I think it makes a big difference. Don't get me wrong. I absolutely love Straight Outta Compton. Oh, yeah. It was excellent. It was a good movie because it was like I was able to see something that I grew up on. Yeah. But I think the difference, too, is movie versus a series. The series, I mean, what was that, like six hours total? Technically. You know, and so you're trying to compel all these people's lives into a two hour or hour and 45 minute movie mm-hmm. is a little bit more difficult, you know, to try to rein in all that context, mm-hmm. but content. But then when you get over here to the series, they kind of took their time. They built up the storyline. You were able to um, really see each character's or each person's story develop mm-hmm. on top of, them developing as a group and just the whole evolution that they went through as a group. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I just think the time factor is why you can't like measure it apples to apples mm-hmm. because, you know, it makes a difference. I mean, it and really does. It makes a difference. But I think lastly, I think it was good that they did, that they were all alive, which is a blessing. Mm-hmm. They, was able, they was all able to tell their And they story. were all able to help choreograph with the actors too you know because i remember what was it, like a year maybe before they were kind of giving these previews and showing these different um you know like home videos of, to say home videos but different videos of them practicing and making the film and so that kind of built up anticipation too but i think it's really unique that because you see like even in like um temptations mm-hmm I think there, you know, there were members that were able to probably give feedback with the movie because there were members that were alive and still living, mm-hmm. but not everybody was. Mm-hmm. So I think it makes a difference again when you can really help a person hone in on you mm-hmm. as the character, you know, and become you and see you how you how your mannerisms are and you know what you do and how you speak and the cadence of your speech. It makes a difference. Yo, speaking of when you say the cadence of your speech, uh, what's the guy's name from Empire that played Michael Bivens? Oh, um, the, the 
Hakeem, his name is Hakeem on there, but well, Hakeem from Hakeem from Empire. I can't think of his real yeah, name. Yeah, escape me. Now, if you hear him on New Edition story, and then you hear the real Michael Bibbins speak, mm-hmm. yo, he embodied him. He did. He really embodied him. He did. Like you really, if if you was to listen, you would really thought that was Michael Bibbins in the movie. Mm-hmm. Like they got, like they really got a lot of that stuff down. Yeah, because um, I remember I said that I was like he did that. You know what I mean? Like you can just see it. Like, oh. and even um, the actor um, that played Johnny Gill. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like you could see Johnny Gill in his character, especially when he had that Jerry curl. Man, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, they did a really good job, and I just feel like it's hard to compare the two. I see you. I see what you're saying, but I think it's just hard to compare the two. Now, and then, and here's the other part. This is major to me. This part right here is major. The fact that I love what BET is doing there. What's the show that's coming on? Um, uh, the the Don Cornelius, the Soul Train. Mm-hmm. What's it called? American Soul. Yeah, American Soul. But I love what BET is doing. That's my point. But where New Edition got it right, BET got it right with New Edition. They did the New Edition story, and then they came out with the Bobby Brown story. Right. With the same actor. With the same. Everybody was the same. Mm-hmm. Same producers, same directors. I believe same directors. Um, with the same actor, mm-hmm. so it was a continuation from the Bob, uh, from the new edition story, right? Which I thought, it, like when the Tupac movie came out, I, which I was so disappointed with. I'm, I have not seen it to yeah. this day, yeah, because you mm-hmm. just didn't talk and well I, about it. I was such a Tupac fan, yeah, I love Tupac, and people was kind of like, oh, look at people down talking this the Tupac movie. I'm sorry, you went from straight out of Compton, which was a great production. And then a Tupac movie. But that wasn't done by the same people, was it? That, and I think that was the problem. Okay. I think if they would have continued with the Snoop story and the Death Row story, using the same act, because the guy that played Tupac, now the guy that played Tupac on the Tupac movie really looked like Tupac. Mm-hmm. But I think, and he really, now he was the best, He I will say he was the best part of the movie. Okay. Like he embodied Tupac. Mm-hmm. I will give it that. He embodied Tupac. But there was a the, the guy that played Snoop. It was so corny. It was so bad because it was an actor that played Snoop, but they used Snoop's real voice. Oh Lord! So it was like this dude had to lip sync with Snoop's real voice. Oh, why they do that? I was like, oh, that's terrible. Cause that's the word. I hate lip singing, and people are not matching up with the sound. Uh, it <laughs> the was. Voice. Uh, that is my pet peeve. I'm like, that, oh my god! When that happened, when that part came on in the movie, and we seen, we like, oh, there goes Snoop. Okay, and he started talking. It was like, what's up, Jane? And it was really Snoop's voice. I was like, oh hex now. I think I was with my cousin, <laughs> me. It was my cousin Gianna and my sister Janae. Oh, we went shit. to go. I think I think Janae was with us. We went to go see the movie, and I remember telling Gianna after the movie, like, I'm disappointed. Like, I'm not impressed. But see, I think where Straight Outta Compton could have been better is if they would have had the same guy that, that was in Straight Outta Compton that played Tupac. Yeah. And the guy that played Suge. If they would have continued, like, the Death Row story mm-hmm. and, how, like, maybe merged it with Dre going to Death Row. Like, maybe the Dre story or something. Mm-hmm. And then that would have covered the Death Row story. Yeah, and, I see what you're saying. Um, the Ice Cube story. You know, like, I think if they would have did that and used the same actors. And that's why... Like, you talking about Ice Cube's character. It was played by his son. Yeah, well, he had no choice but to embody him. I mean, and it was like, it was like, yes, that is him. You know what I mean? And Easy I'm, E would look like him. He looked like Easy E. Yeah. He embodied him. Yeah, he did. I mean, because you have to, like, really study someone's mannerisms and just every little thing that they do, big or small, mm-hmm. you know, like you're trying to mimic. That's an art. You know, and then they do it so well where people see the character come to life. You know, like, that's an art. It's an art. And and for me, growing up in that era, era, I said era, growing up in that era and being able to see it on screen took me back to that era. Oh, my God. I mean, just hands down, period. I don't know what kind of old school mix, old school channel, <laughs> our kids are going to have. I mean, hands down, you know, the 80s, 
the 90s, the early 2000s were like the best eras of television as well as radio. I mean, music, movies, everything. It was just epic. I mean, I don't I don't know. I hope in this lifetime we will have another era like that. But where we are right now. I think we kind of enter into that era. I think we, because I think great entertainment is. It's coming back. It's, it's kind it's, of it's made a comeback. comeback. Yeah, it is. It's uh, coming back. I wouldn't say made a comeback, but I it, think it's, it's definitely coming. making a comeback yeah. because I mean, TV is getting a whole lot better. It is. We're starting to see more African-American um, actors. And we're, seeing a, we're seeing a lot more diversity. On mainstream TV, major networks. Um, because I mean, honestly, the only time that, even in that era, the 90s and the early 2000s that we've seen Sanaa Lathan and um, Morris Chestnut and Tay Diggs and all these different, Halle Berry, it was like on in a movie. Mm-hmm. So now to see like Halle Berry is producing Boomerang, um, you know, it's like people are getting behind the camera and they're on mainstream. And so that's encouraging. It's encouraging for young artists you know, young writers and producers that the door has been open for them because mm-hmm. for the Halle Berry's and the Denzel Washington's and, you know, the Spike Lee's and different people, they're, they're the ones that really kind of had to kick down the doors and push and persevere on Hollywood and producers. But now what we're seeing is people becoming producers themselves. People I, coming I together with their that. money. I got a theory on that. And I think, I think, I think now, and I'm not going to try to crap on a younger generation. I'm not going to do that. But I will say something that I've kind of noticed, which is there's a lot of people that are young. And I will say maybe 25 and younger. Mm -hmm. They're okay with being famous, like without the money. Right. A lot of people want to be famous, but they're not making no money. So you like YouTube, all that? Yeah. And now, YouTube is paying certain people big bucks. Okay. But I'm going to tell you who get paid the most. Some of the people that get paid the most on YouTube is gamers. Mm. They sit around, play games, record it while they're playing it, and put it on YouTube. There's cats that's making $7 million a year just playing video games. That's crazy. But also, look at Issa Rae. Insecure. Mm-hmm. She got picked up by HBO because what she was doing on YouTube was popping. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's a series that I found on YouTube, and I really just yeah. Could you be watching some YouTube series? Yeah, I mean, like um, Tough Love um, is a series that I found about a year and a half ago, mm-hmm. and it was on for a couple seasons. Loved it. I mean, very small, wasn't a whole you know lot of content, but it was just good. Um, they just did a spinoff called Pillow Talk. Mm-hmm. On, still on YouTube? On YouTube. Mm-hmm. And it comes on on Tuesday nights on YouTube. Um, but, I mean, I wasn't hip to YouTube. The, I mean, I'm a TV person. I am a, since I've been little. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've always liked television. I've followed many of these actors and actresses um, for years. Um, and so now to see this new generation, independent generation, coming up and um filming and developing content it's encouraging yeah and and i think people like you or companies like youtube is seeing what's going on Mm -hmm. amazon and the urban what's it called um umc urban movie channel yeah i'm not hip to that um i have that app i subscribe to that as well because one thing that's important i mean i i like sandra bullock is one of my you know um favorite actresses um matthew mcconaughey i mean you name them i i pretty much have followed them over the years Mm -hmm. but what i really love to support because it wasn't a lot of diversity you know is to see black actors in particular um develop things and produce things that is so encouraging to me Mm -hmm. and so it's just exciting like to see shamar moore do swat and it's become become one of my favorite series. Um, you know, just it's just encouraging. And I just think this our kids have a 
better opportunity and this generation has a better opportunity to get into some of these different fields and areas that we don't have to limit our kids to only being oh be a doctor be a lawyer be a this or be a that I mean we can say you can be a producer you can be a television writer look at Shonda Rhimes I mean there are so many different and it's cheap examples too. So it's, many different examples it's out cheaper. here now. You ain't got to have the big cameras like that we had back in the 90s. Oh, yeah. I mean, phones. I mean, just look how we record a podcast. We're not in a huge studio. All of these. I mean, technology has made things so much more. Possible. Yeah. Available. Yeah. And so we have to teach our kids these different opportunities are available and yeah. expose them early. Yeah. You know, um. What I was gonna say about you know the, the not not that I'm crapping on the younger generation, but I think they are so okay. A lot of them are okay with just being famous, Instagram fame, social media famous, but they're not making any money. Mm-hmm. Now, I think the difference is between that generation and the older generation. We come from an era of making money from networks and stuff like that. So I think. Anybody that was trying to get into the game was getting in the game like, yeah, I do it for the love, but I'm also doing it. I want to get paid. Mm-hmm. And uh, Roderick, Dion, Lack, I call him Roderick still. Him living in L.A., I remember he told me a while ago, the game has kind of changed from, from – he moved out there in 2002. Somewhere around there. They're and talking like people know who he is. Well, he's an actor. Yeah, he's an in actor. Hollywood now. Yeah, he lives in LA. He, he lives in that LA. That you know, that you went to high school with. Very, 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 very good friend. But one thing he said was, um, "You, the game. What's changing the game is how many people are willing to work for free. Meaning, you go up for a part, and you negotiate your contract for whatever amount." There might be somebody to come in like, I'll do it for free. Hmm. I just want to get on. Mm-hmm. And I think I think stuff like that, because so many people just want to get on, is undercutting the value of, you know, because if you do it for free, sometimes people be like, wait, you, you did it for free for them over there. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think the, and, and, and I'm not in Hollywood, so I probably don't know it as well, but I would imagine because and then you look at the social media stars, some of them are starting to get deals. There's a guy King Bach, um, who's who's getting paid and for doing ads and stuff like that. <coughs> um, some people are starting to get paid, but this oh this the other thing I was gonna say. Look at New Edition, Bobby Brown, N.W.A. All all these artists who got biopics. Mm-hmm. Or a movie. This current generation, I don't know if they're going to get biopics. Because we're seeing their stories on Instagram and on Facebook. They're, look, they're recording themselves in the studio recording. Mm-hmm. I'm about to go in here and lay this track down. Or they clowning around in the studio. Or, you know, uh, behind. I didn't think about that because, like, unsung. Um, I mean, but, yeah. Even look at but unsung ain't none of these new artists. Yeah, we getting the we unsung. Um, there's a podcast that I listen to, um, Drink Champs. Shout out to Drink Champs. What I love about them is they bring in these old. I ain't gonna say old artists, but artists from our time, and they sit around and talk on this podcast. And these artists are just dropping stories, and it's like like they one interview in particular I remember was a too short one. And he was just talking about, you know, how he got into the game. And these podcasts be like two hours long. And the artists just be telling stories. Where I feel like when you look at somebody that's a newer artist that just got into the game within the past 10 years, they've been on Facebook, social, uh, Instagram, and Twitter. And you're able to see them. They're filming themselves before they go out on stage. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I don't need the backsta- backstage pass no more. Shoot. I mean... Think about social media, and that's why, like, different artists, you know, and um, entertainers, like even Kevin Hart, like, you can't bring your phones to my show. Because think about the concerts and stuff. You be sitting there on Facebook looking at the whole concert. Like, thank y'all. I ain't have to pay oh. any money for it. Oh, man, <laughs> when people be going live and they yes. have concerts, I'll be like, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for paying $50 for your ticket. Thank you. And I'm or sitting there watching it for free. Yeah. 
It's a whole different generation. I mean, and access. It's different. Yeah. That is true. I, I mean, it is true. Technology has changed it. So I don't know how many of these current artists, and maybe they might do something in the future that might be like, oh, unless they're acting. Yeah. And they get into acting, but I see your story being played out in front of me. That's true. You giving it to me right now. That's true. So I don't know what type of story you're going to have in the future when I've already seen it. Yeah. <coughs> That is very true. Sorry, I got a little cough. Now And then, too, I think about, and like I said, I'm not trying to dump on some of these artists. I'm just thinking about, and maybe I'm missing something because I'm not, I'm in tune with it because I have to be in tune with it. But when I look at artists from the 90s, one person that stands out to me, this one person was a group by himself. Shock G or Humpty. This dude played two different people. You know, you know what I'm talking about. The Humpty Dance is your chance to do the hump. Mm-hmm. Oh, do baby. That was one guy. But he play he he would put on the big nose and he's Humpty. And he changes his voice. Mm-hmm. And then he comes back to Shock G and he's more smooth. To me, that was so original. Why he don't have an unsung? I wanna know what happened to him. He, I don't know if he does or not. I missed it. I seen him on something being interviewed, but I don't remember what it was. And it was he was on um a Netflix series. Uh the was it the rap or Hip Hop Evolution. Yeah. Okay. He, he was on that. Okay. But it was you know, they interviewed him, but it was kinda like, you know, they interviewed so many artists, mm-hmm. he might have got five minutes. Gotcha. Um E forty. I think E forty was super original. Mm-hmm. Um, groups like Silk, Drew Hill, mm-hmm. uh, Boys to Men. Do you think groups are going to come back? No. Why? There's not enough money for a group. We living in a technically, t- it wasn't enough money for a group back then. No, that's why all yes, it was, was bankrupt. No, no, that's because the record labels was ripping them off, and they would the record labels was ripping them off. But if you think about today, it ain't that much money in music like it was back then. They was getting money. Today, they getting money from shows. Back then, when we was coming up, they was getting money from shows and music sales. Mm. We living in a time now where we're streaming. But don't you get paid per stream? Not as much as an album. They get pennies. Oh, so you got paid <gasps> per album versus now it's yeah. per stream. If, if, if Silk came out with an album, you had to buy Silk's album. Mm-hmm. You could spend... Depending on what you like, so much money a month because a new album is dropping. Right. I'm spending money for a family plan for us. Mm-hmm. And you can go download this unlimited, many, yeah. unlimited amount of music. Mm-hmm. So there's a difference. They was touring and they were selling music. Gotcha. I didn't think about that. Like so that now either. you basically they're getting paid out of this big pot now. So Apple, Spotify, Amazon, um, YouTube Music, they got these different pots of mu- uh, money that, okay, somebody played, your album got played, or let's just say your one song, your f- most popular song was played a thousand times this month. Mm-hmm. So you're going to get paid a thousand times, a thousand times point one. Yeah. Versus... A thousand people bought your album. Mm-hmm. So it's harder to go platinum. Yeah. And I say that with air quotes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because now they reconfigured that. Now people are going platinum based on the streams. Mm. It's not physical music music sales. Because I've seen at the end of the year, I forgot what it's called. Several different um, music artists. I'm like, I know Tank was one of them had put like thank you for i guess they get like a a record or some sort of um inventory or something plaque or something yeah well it it was just kind of like how many streams how many um i guess listeners you had or whatever i don't know i'm not into music so forgive me if i'm jacking it up but you know, you have 1 million listeners or, and so I was thinking like, okay, does that mean they're platinum? Because back in the day, a million meant platinum. Now it's like, what does that mean? You know, so. If you want to, if you want to go by old terms, no. 
they're not platinum because they didn't sell that music. So is it harder for people to go platinum now? At Based on old rules, yes. Is platinum as important now as it was then? Because it doesn't seem like it. Ain't nobody really talking about I so I went gold or platinum. Yeah, I mean back in the day that was a big deal. I think it's more about the touring now, mm. because you really, you really can't track it like that. I mean, you could track the spins. The um, I mean, they got Spotify, Spotify, um, streams where they could track it and at the streams they could track it. Mm-hmm. Apple Music, Amazon, wherever they can track how many streams they're getting. Mm-hmm. <coughs> But if you, the difference is if you get a, let's say you get a million streams and I don't know the exact number, but I'm about to estimate it. A million streams might equal Mm, mm, $30,000. A million purchases might equal $10 million. Just think about it. CDs was selling. Yeah, you're paying for the whole CD versus just paying a dollar or two dollars per song. Right. Right. Because now and CDs I don't have back to buy the whole. It was like sixteen, seventeen dollars. Yeah, I don't have to buy the whole album. Right. I buy the songs that I like. Mm-hmm. So it's just it's just a different day. So groups couldn't make it today. Mm-hmm. No, because think about this: promoters ain't trying to fly all them out. It's not, or or if they trying to put on their own tour. Like now, it's about promoters trying to get them there. Unless they're on a tour and they like, all right, we gonna stop through your city. Um, it's it, it, it's it's not enough money to divvy it. Wow, it's not enough money to divvy it unless you go on tour and you can sell out a tour. But that I think the touring is like a special occasion. And and when you look at groups now, like look at um. It's almost like super groups are trying to come together. Mm-hmm. Uh, or you're not seeing new groups being formed. You're seeing old groups coming back. Oh, yeah. But I'm saying like. But they're coming back to tour. They're not coming back to record. But once they come back, I think New Edition did make something like a year or two ago with Johnny Gill. It, it might just be like, I don't think it was a like single. A, I don't think it was an album. But anyway, um, like once these, you know, 90s, 2000 groups stopped touring. So it's like, that's it. That's done. That era is over. Well, that's why I say I think they're forming super groups or old groups are coming back together. B2K is going on tour. Right. But that's an old group coming, coming back, back right? together. Right. <clears throat> but they're what not coming. Group, what groups are out right now? I mean, you see bands. Or you see, you know. I, think, I think you see compilations. Mm-hmm. Like, for instance, Young Money, but this was, like, 2009 through 2015. Young Money, which was a bunch of solo artists coming together to do a project. Okay. Young Money was Nicki Minaj, Drake, Lil Wayne. Um, like, that was your big three. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you had uh, Tiger. Um, you know who Tiger is? You know who he is. If you see him, he played on Barbershop, the, the third one. The gang dude that was trying to draft uh, our dude from Power, Tyreek. He was the one trying to draft him. If you've seen him, you'll be like, oh, used to mess with uh, one of the um, Kardashian girls or whatever. I know if, his name. I if you've seen him, you'll be like, oh, oh, mm-hmm. oh. But, um, like, Young Money was it's actually Lil Wayne's group, uh, label. Hmm. And he has all these artists, and basically he put together like a, it was almost like a compilation, and everybody was just featured on every song. So you're not seeing new groups coming out. It's not enough money for them. I got you. You barely seeing, unless they're a big act, you seeing artists and DJs. Shout out to the DJs. But in the 90s, you've seen DJs and the band. Mm-hmm. It's not enough money flowing through the music. Unless you somebody big like Drake, he's getting paid, but he's getting paid through so many different avenues because he's so hot. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the hot ones are getting paid. You either, if you it's either like you hot or not almost. That's what it seems like. And you got to hustle to get to that point. Um, 
Okay, so I got a question. So I got a question. Grammys are coming up this Sunday. Who cares? Why you say that? Who cares about a Grammy? Who cares about an award? I'm just saying that. Well, go ahead. That, I, I don't know what that's the, point the is, music. But... You know what I mean? Like that's the music event of the year mm-hmm. where these artists get recognized. Mm-hmm. I'm curious as a DJ because mm-hmm. I have my own philosophy. But as a DJ, who do you think are the top artists for 2018? <laughs> Drake for 2018 mm-hmm. or 2000. Oh, well, we just got into 2019. Hip hop, R&B, or whomever. Cardi B. How many? How many are we talking? Top oh. what? Top ten. Cardi B, Drake, um, Nicki Minaj. I will still put her in there. Um, who else? Um, who's having a good year? Um. Kodak Black, I will put him up there. Um, shoot, I'm almost, I'm almost thinking we got like a live audience. Help me out, y'all. Um, <laughs> Kodak Black. Um, shoot, I can't really think past like Nicki Minaj. But isn't that Cardi like B, one particular? Drake? That's like one genre. Like, what about like R and B? I don't know who's R and B. I don't. I don't even know if that category Listen, even exists no more. Maybe it doesn't. You know. R and B is the, the hip hop is like R and B and hip hop is like one. One and the same. Jack Jack Queese, Jack Jack Queese, He's the king of R and B. But you know what? I I don't know who else is really singing. I don't know what new artist is singing. So when he said he the king of R and B, and I start thinking like, well, what about? Well, what about? Hmm, who else is it? Name it. Well, okay. I take it back. The weekend. You the we- have uh, um, weekend is pop. Okay. But it, I'm now, not now, great about now, the genre. But you know what? No, I'm sorry. I'm gonna tell you who's gonna blow Jack Queese out the water. Who? Chris Brown. Hands Always. Down. Hands down. Always. Because people love Chris Brown, and Chris Brown is his singing. freaking catalog is humongous. Chris Brown is singing, and the boy can dance. Yeah. Now, what about the females? Um, the female singers. I'm gonna tell you who I'm feeling, and that was her. Cause I'm like, they play focus a gazillion times. Um, t- a um, day. Tiana Taylor had a pretty good 2018, but she didn't drop like no huge project. It was only six songs, but I could play that mug front to back, back to front. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know what? Speaking of me, I, I had a. Um, I remember having kind of like a debate with somebody. Just you know, sport in in the sport of it. I kind of prefer prefer a short album over a long album because there's so much music coming out. You got to cut through. Now there are some people that come out with an album that I'm like, oh okay, I can listen to this. Meek Mill had a good long album to me. Mm-hmm. Um, Cardi B. Had a good long album, but Tiana Taylor had a dope short album. I mean, hey, why force it? I think when we talk about the um, music industry changing, why force it? I mean, because when you were making albums, I think you had to have so many songs to have an album. Now you don't have to do that. But so you, it's like I can make three songs and make my money and keep it pushing. Yeah, because I mean, I remember the theory back in the day was a single will sell an album. But that ain't the case. No, that, And that was back in the 90s and exactly. before. It was like, if you come out with a hot single. That I was a go, setup for the album. That was a setup for the album. Yeah. And then it was a lot of throwaway songs on there to me. Yeah. Now, if you come out with an album, your whole album got to be like full of a bunch of singles. Right. Because Fire. I'm not going to sit up here and buy your album. I'm going to just pick out the songs that I like. Basically, that's what I do. That's what I do. I think that's what everybody do. You know, except for my man Kurt Franklin, I buy the whole album. But Kurt That's Franklin, my guy. I mean, it's a different genre. But, see, but, but see, I'm it's a not even Kurt about a Franklin. I don't even think fan. it's about a different genre. I think he just comes from a different era. Yeah, and he's used to making albums. Yeah, and he made albums that gelled from the top to the bottom, like glue. Like Kurt Franklin, you don't want to really skip the songs. Nope. 
Not at all. But I'm going to tell you, this was in 2018, but Solange, to me, had an album from top to bottom. At first, I wasn't feeling it, but you was playing it to death. So I had no choice but oh to keep God. listening. And then it like grew on me. And I'm me. not a Solange fan. Yeah, like I'm like, Solange, you know, mm-hmm. no knock against Solange. I think she's a great person, but I just never listened to the music. So when um you were playing it, I was like, okay. Because I like Neo Soul. I'm the Neo Soul R&B outside of, um you know, my favorite gospel people, which are, are hands down. Kirk Franklin is the man and Ty Tribute will be next. But yeah. um I just feel like that's my that's my lane. I don't, you know, I listen to some hip hop, some rap, whatever, but that's my lane. But there are just artists, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like genius. And like Kirk Franklin has crossed all borders. Matter of fact, he was on the um performing on the NFL gospel show this past Sunday on BET. Mm-hmm. And he has a new single out. I don't think it's an album because it's I just a single. I haven't heard it yet. It's really good. I've been hearing people say he's got a new song. It's really good, of course. I mean, what did you what did you think? But, you know, it is a different day and time in music. You know, I was going to say, somebody like Kurt Franklin or any, like even Jay-Z, artists that's been around for years can drop a hot single and don't even have to drop a whole album. Because I don't it, know. I haven't heard about an album. I'm assuming. But see, but but see I don't think they even got to drop an album because it's like they drop a hot single or two or three, just three great songs. They can go tour off of that and do their old stuff too. Mm-hmm. Like these, oh, I'm telling you, these older artists who got big catalogs kind of got it made. Yeah. Because they ain't got to drop a whole bunch of new music. Silk, Silk was my favorite R&B group. Mm-hmm. They don't have to drop a new album mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. me to go see them. Oh. I can just go see if they can just perform their stuff. Happy yes. days, meeting in my bedroom, um, freak me. If they could just sing some of their old stuff and give me a show, I'm happy. I don't care about new music from these older artists. Yeah. I'm going to an old school concert. I know it's Tyrese, Drew Hill, a couple other artists. They don't have to have new music, none of them. And I'm like, I'm going to have a wonderful time. Okay. Because it's going to take, take you back. Yes. Hit after hit after hit after hit. And then they're going to start doing, they're going to remix some of their old stuff. You're going to be like, oh, yeah. And then they might throw some a funky little remix to it. And you're like, yes. oh. Yes. Yeah. So the times have changed. This one, I was talking to somebody today. And um, I'm not going to front. Now, this is going to be kind of weird. I kind of miss. The middleman. Do what? I kind of miss the middleman. Or I should say, let me put it a better way. I kind of miss the gatekeeper. Maybe put, let me put it that way. I kind of miss the gatekeeper. Of what? Of a lot of stuff. Because now the internet has changed things where anybody could just put anything out. You can put, you can up, you can create a song right now with these mics and upload it to YouTube right now. I wish I could sing. But I think the gatekeepers filtered, they like they they remind me of a, a water filter. They filtered out the stuff that probably shouldn't have been on the market. But now you just got so much stuff coming from everywhere. Like sometimes I feel like as a DJ and just as a guy that loves the culture of hip hop, like I should be more in tune. But I got who I like. Like I like who I like. Mm-hmm. And people will be like, "Oh, have you heard?" Like, it's but, kinda, you're, but you're very versatile too. I'm you very li- versatile, but let me you tell you, follow music and you listen to all genres. I do, but I'm gonna tell you, I what, can't speak for what, which kind of throws. Which I'm kind of embarrassed about sometimes when I'm at a gig. The one thing that I hate is requests, but sometimes people give you good requests. But sometimes people come up to you like, "Yo, you got that such and such," and I'm like, "Who? Who was that?" And I'm always studying what's new, yeah, you do. what's hot. You know, I pay attention to certain DJ articles and, you know, I get certain things that are pushed to me via email like, yo, this is hot, da-da-da-da. But sometimes I get a curveball like, who? Mm-hmm. Who was that? Mm-hmm. And they be like, oh, you ain't heard that? But this song might be popular on YouTube or on SoundCloud. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, 
I ain't heard that. Mm-hmm. I don't. Even, I've never even heard that artist's name. And then I might hear the song and be like, oh, oh, okay, like, um, but yeah, it, it's just the times to change. Now let me say this too, going back to New Edition, I'm gonna tell you one of the most beautiful things about New Edition and NWA, BT and these movies, but especially New Edition, has single handedly introduced. Oh yeah, to the to these kids to a new generation. Absolutely, I posted something. On Facebook the other day, or on my social media the other day, I was DJing an event, and it was a bunch of teenagers. I did a New Edition mini mix. I played New Edition. Uh, I played I played Poison by New Ad- uh, BBD, Roni by Bobby Brown, and uh, If It Isn't Love by New Edition. And they knew every word. Mm-hmm. A lot of them knew almost every word. They knew the dances. And I'm like, yo, this technically this is 80s, late 80s music. Yep. And y'all know it. Mm-hmm. Because our kids know it. Our kids know it. I'd be like, oh, my God. It Is be- this the end? Like, they just know the music. repeat. <laughs> so, really? I, like, that, like, our era is being crossed over into this younger generation. Yes. But our generation isn't really being crossed over to the younger generation. Yes. Like, a lot of people don't know who Trippy Red is. Like me. Or, um, um, I can't even, um. But so much of the music sounded like too. So like when I am listening to the radio, thank God that my radio shows the name. You know what I mean? The car shows the name because I'm like, well, who is that? Yeah. Do you even know who Uzi Vert is? Little Uzi Vert. Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember his song, but I did see it. I listened to it. Or Kodak Black. Yeah, I know Kodak Black. Like, but can you can you name their song? Nope. But I know the artist. I can picture them, I and know, I know I've I, listened to their music. I, I'm struggling even remember their names because pull up on Demon on God, It's that Z. It's that Z. Like ZZ by Kodak Black or um, Lil Uzi Vert was, um, like, I can't really think of none of his songs off the top of my head, but he was on that um, Drop Top, um, Raindrop, Drop Top, Amigo song, uh, probably one of the uh, – I can't see. I can't even think. Now, Migos. Everybody know the Migos, though. Now, okay. You said who's the new Grammy, group? Grammy, yeah. That's a group. Okay. Migos. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Group-wise, yes. Migos. Uh-huh. Now, I think about it. That is a new group. Not a singing group. But that's... They kind of like... But they've been something. out in a while. It's not 2018. Migos ain't been out... A couple of years. They've been out a couple of years. Yeah. But they're an exception to the group. Because mm-hmm. they're a group. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's they are popping. A group. Mm-hmm. Like super popular, mm-hmm. but I can't think of anybody else. If anybody else could think of any other group, put it in the comments. I can't think of no other group because I'm than missing it. But okay, so my Grammy prediction. Mm-hmm. They play Ella May, Boot Up, Her, and Trip, Focus, and Trip. What's the third one? It's another remember Scissor. Um. Those three women. I know the song, but I can't think of it right now. Will they all be in the same category? Yeah. I don't know who's going to win because I promise you. LMA. Boot up. LMA, hands down. Plays on repeat. And she got another one, Trip. And then Trip. Yeah, the Trip. Yeah, Trip. I'm telling you. I like Trip. Trip. Trip was a good one. I like Trip. But Boot up. Oh. Oh my but god! You know what, it come though? on the radio. I just turn the radio down. Like I'm, but you know what? I'm no, so I, honestly, over it. I'm still crazy as it sounds. I'm still not even tired of it. Oh, I am. They play it I'm, over and over. I ain't like I'm turning. It, it's not like I'm turning it up. I, I'm turning it down. But I'm not turning it down. I'm like, oh, Ooh. boot up, trip. Yep, but mm-mm. no, because I listen to like the um, R&B station too, like the old school, new school R&B station. So. Probably not on other radio stations, but this particular radio station, they play it, I know, at least twice an but hour. But you know what? Speak, let me. Still. Now, here's the other thing. Like, my attention span just ain't that long when it comes to albums. And Boot, now, I love Ella May. Yeah. I do. I like her, too. But her album, I probably only listened to it twice. <coughs> and because I think Boot Up was such a hot song that it put such a high expectation. Yeah. And when I heard the album, I was kind of like, okay, I'm done. You need to get some water. I just drunk all mine. 
<coughs> but yeah, I I think that those are my predictions. I really believe that LMA, her, Scissor, somebody gonna win in that category for sure. Because those songs are on constant, 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 constant rotation. And I mean, kudos to them. These women are young, and they out here getting it. Yeah. Um, I ain't mad at them. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm, I think I'm talking too much. Because you need CPR? I mean, what, what's happening? Nah. I just got something in my throat. But, um, <clears throat> yeah. It, so, we'll it, see Sunday. I don't, I've never watched the Grammys. I, I like award shows, personally. I, I, I don't know about the Oscars because mm. it just don't be equitable. Put it like that. Oscars is a, a snooze fest. Well, it, I've watched the Oscars many, many years, but I just get upset because sometimes it just don't be equitable. Let me just make it yeah. politically correct. Yeah. And then, um, now I'll tell you one award show that I do like watching. It's the BET Awards. I enjoy the BET Awards over anything. Yeah. Like, because I feel like they get, they put on the show. The Emmy. The MTV Awards, they do. Or I, Grammy, I should say, I mean. I like them, too. I mean, you know. But, yeah. Um, so, we'll see, DJ. Yep. Yeah, we we shall. Well, you'll see. I'll just hear the I'll highlights. I'll let you know. Yeah, because I don't watch no award shows. I just be like. Mm. <laughs> I, I watch them. But the BET Awards, I will watch it. Because sometimes it's some good performances. Like, okay, J-Lo. You know what I mean? Like, sometimes it's really good performances. And it may not be people that I'm, like, totally, you know, totally a fan of. But it's a show, you know? And they perform. And you're like, all right. You get to see some some talent in action. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, And I I do like seeing some of the, um, the performances. But that's about it. But the whole formal and... All that and well, you talking about the red carpet pre-show <laughs> yeah, and all that. Of course, then that. you a guy, so I don't expect for you to be like, "Oh, let me see what they got on." Like, no. But the show itself, being a DJ, you know, it's just interesting because you play these songs over and over and over from wedding to event after event. So it'll be just and interesting I just want to, wanna, I just want to see um, the performance. I'll be like, okay, what the DJ about to do and how they gonna flip this song? What the band like? I'd be wanting to see how they gonna flip it. I just want to see it live, but the uh, announcing them and all that, I'd be like, "Come on, y'all, just get to it." The uh, commercial breaks, I'd be like, "Just let me see the the highlight reels." Yeah, 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 yeah. So I got nothing else. You? Oh well, I do have something. I'm proud of our daughter. Tonight was her first volleyball game, yeah, and she killed with a LT. She killed it. She scored about. She did her thing. She scored a lot of points. She did. She scored a lot of points. Because they were behind, and she was just, boom, And she point, was nervous. Boom, She was point. nervous about her first game. I was like, you got this? She she did good. She's like, I missed one. I'm like, you missed one, but you made a whole lot. You Miss- did that. Yeah. So I'm proud of her. Um, You know, she's getting ready to make this transition into middle school. I believe in organized sports. I think it's a great motivator. It's a... um. You know, a great tool to release energy. And I just think, you know, I'm glad she's been exposed now so that she can be prepared as she goes into middle school to continue or try something different. Yeah, let me um dust off those bullets I got. Boy, bye. You better these, get ready. For these boys. You better get ready. Mm. Get ready, get ready, get ready. Mm-hmm. Well... I'm DJ Dorsey. And I am Maya Dorsey. And this is another episode of the Dorsey Den Podcast. Thank y'all so much for listening. We appreciate y'all. Until next time. Holla. Holla, holla. Let me holla. Holla, holla. Let me holla at you. Holla, holla.